All right, Sword of Sports Podcast, episode 67. And we're back here to talk about NFL. Talked about the World Series with my guy Andy yesterday. And now we are on to talk about NFL and college football. So let's get right into it. Let's get into college football. Uh, J.J. McCarthy, currently the favorite for Heisman. And I do think it's interesting this year there hasn't really been a clear-cut favorite, I would say. I mean, Penix was the favorite, obviously. I mean, they won last week, but he did not have a very impressive game. Uh, definitely his worst performance of the season. J.J.'s been playing well all year, but it's just really interesting because it's not like, I mean, I don't want to say Joe Burrow year because that was so crazy. You know what I mean? You knew he was going to win. But, I mean, it's not even like with, like, Baker Mayfield winning and um, I would say even the, like, Dante Smith year where it was like, ah, well, Mac Jones got his shot. Like, this year it's like as soon as somebody seems to be the front runner, they do something where you're like, oh, well, now they can't win it. So, like, for example, early on with Caleb Williams and Shador Sanders. Well, then Colorado started losing some games. Um, I don't, that's, I don't want to talk anything more about that. Uh, I, I mean, right now, I, let me, I'm going to talk about Colorado football for a moment. You guys know that's my team, so, like, come on. I want to talk a little bit about them. So, Colorado football, coming off the loss against Stanford. We're playing UCLA. I do expect a win here, 730. Um, right? I think, um, you know, I said the goal in my eyes would be to win about seven games. I think seven games is pretty good. Right now we're four and three. So we have five games left, and I was hoping we can win three more. That's going to be tough because um, three out of our next five games are ranked. And um, UCLA is going to be a tough game. I would be kind of surprised we win that honestly then Oregon State would be very shocked if we win Arizona hopefully we win Washington State hopefully we win so I think we're gonna be at least six wins on the year I would love to have seven wins but I don't know if we're gonna beat any of these ranked teams we're gonna play but definitely not a disappointing season by Colorado we've had some disappointing losses I mean the Stanford loss and the uh, USC loss I would say Stanford loss much more disappointing than the USC one but um you know, I think it's a hell of a team. We're going to be better next year. But, all right. Instead of talking about Colorado, let's go back. So then it was like, okay, well, it's probably Caleb Williams. And then Caleb Williams, we started figuring out maybe isn't, like, crazy good. Like, he's still going to go number one overall. He's still going to get all the hype. But there is something to be said where there was a lot of lot of crazy hype. He could go back to back. But without USC going undefeated, I don't think it's going to be in the cards. So then – I was like, okay, maybe Quinn Ewers. Texas got a big win. Um, they beat Alabama. It's like, okay, Quinn Ewers. Well, then Texas lost to Oklahoma. So there went that. It's really anytime somebody gets favorited, then, I mean, like, Penix was kind of the through line through all these storylines. Penix was there. Penix was doing great. Well, they won last week, and Penix didn't look that great. So it's like, okay, is it J.J. McCarthy? Michigan's looking like honestly probably the best team in the country i think georgia's ranked number one overall just because of default you know they have yet to lose so they might as well put a number one um michigan's really good and michigan if, you know if they don't know who heisman is they're usually going to point to best quarterback on the best team right <laughs> if they really can't choose they're like well you know they're ranked two or three and he's got good stats and he's a good quarterback there you go so 
it's going to be interesting. Jaden Daniels from LSU is actually third in odds right now because it's J.J. McCarthy, number one, Penix Jr., number two, Jaden Daniels from LSU, three, Jordan Travis, Florida State. That'd be interesting to see if he could win it at four, uh, Dylan Gabriel for Oklahoma at five, and then Bo Nix at six, Marvin Harrison Jr. at seven. My thing that to watch, and this shifts over the conversation I want to have, is I honestly think this, this Ohio State-Michigan game is going to matter. I mean, it's been big last couple years because both teams have been very good. But this year, more than ever, I think it matters because Ohio State coming off back-to-back losses to Michigan. Uh, somebody who lives in Ohio, those fans are pissed. On the other end, there's all this stuff going on with Harbaugh right now. So Ohio State fans are going to be all over that. Ohio State has been good this year, but they haven't been dominant. Right? They had a close win over Notre Dame. I would say their win over Penn State was pretty dominant. Like they, they really showed Penn State who was boss. But if Ohio State beats Michigan, then the Marvin Harrison Jr. talks I think would start because they're arguably going to rank number one or two. Well, I mean they definitely be ranked two. But there's an argument they'd be one after that. And then it's like, okay, Marvin Harrison Jr. might have a shot at Heisman then. But if they lose to Michigan, I still think there's a chance Ohio State makes playoffs, but I think Marvin Harrison Jr.'s Heisman chances are gone. And if J.J. McCarthy performs well in that game, that will probably win him it. I mean, that it's funny because uh, Ohio State fans got a little mad last year that like C.J.'s Heisman candidacy kind of went away after the loss to Michigan. I'm like, you guys are the ones who hype it up so much as the game. So, like, everybody watches it, and the storylines from it matter a lot. It's kind of like when a guy plays bad in the Super Bowl. No one really cares about the regular season because everyone watches the Super Bowl. Not everybody watches the regular season. So, if Eli Apple plays bad in the Super Bowl, everybody associates him with playing bad. That's just the way it works. It's kind of how it is with Ohio State-Michigan, where if somebody plays bad in Ohio State-Michigan, I think there's a lot of laps Ohio State fans, and I'm sure there's laps Michigan fans that I don't know of out in Michigan, that then they just associate that player with that level of quality. So, it's going to be really intriguing, but I do think the Michigan-Ohio State game is going to have playoff implications, and on top of that, it's going to have Heisman implications. So that'll be really interesting. If there's a way that the Michigan-Ohio State, uh, both of them make the playoffs, and then that's the national championship, that would be the craziest thing of all time. All right. Let's shift over to NFL. I didn't really have a ton to talk about when it came to college football. This might be a shorter episode. I feel like there's not a, like a ton of things I want to talk about. But the problem is I got a little bit of movie talk at the end, so that might uh, <laughs> that always seems to add to our runtime. You know, last episode was about an hour long, and um, well, not last episode, but last week's NFL episode was an hour long, and um, I think half hour of that was just me talking movies. I think I, when I go movies, I get really off script and it just starts rolling, especially when it's David Fincher. I haven't watched a David Fincher movie. Uh, since seven, seven was just that good. I'm actually kidding. I was gonna watch another one, but I just didn't get around to. It. I ended up watching a different movie last night. We'll get to that when we talk about movies in the movie section. Um, four episodes in the span of a week—that is like a new record. Never done that before. All right. First thing we talk about with the NFL is uh, my guy Brock Purdy. Uh, Brock obviously lost two weeks ago to the Cleveland Browns, and now he lost the Minnesota Vikings. And now he is out for this upcoming game Sunday. We're going to have some of the worst quarterbacks starting Sunday because it's going to be Darnold for the Niners and Will Levis. 
for the Titans. I'm not a Will Levis guy. <laughs> I do not expect him to kill it for the Titans. There's a reason he fell in the draft. It would be so crazy if Will Levis like just absolutely cooks on the Titans. Like it's like Patrick Mahomes level. Like he just comes out of nowhere and is absolutely amazing. But that's not gonna happen. Just just want to toss it out there. I do not think that's gonna happen. But if Darnold wins with the Niners, it's going to be a little frustrating because they're playing the Bengals, who aren't, like, the best team defensively. I, I don't really love the Bengals' defense this year. They pretty much let everybody score a pretty good amount on them. So not a very strong defense from Cincinnati. But if Sam Darnold wins, then everybody's going to be like, oh, you can just slot anybody into that Niners offense because we all know Sam Darnold sucks because, I mean, as a Panthers fan, let me tell you, he does. So I'm almost rooting against them. I don't want everybody to be like, ah, see, Brock's not that good. Sam Darnold can do it. I'm like, okay, well, they're playing the Bengals. But I guess in the same sense, he did lose to the Vikings. I don't know. I love Brock, but I have to admit he's not been playing. Like, I think the Browns lost. I was like, okay, it's best defense in the league, whatever. Then he lost the Vikings. I'm like, okay, dude, come on. I put a lot of faith in you. You got to step it up. Hopefully this helps Brock grow and he gets better from this. And he takes a little personal, gets a chip on his shoulder, because that's what I want to see. I want to see him improve. Speaking of uh, quarterbacks I like, though, we got to talk about Lamar Jackson. Uh, the Ravens got a huge win beating the Lions. And I still think the Lions are a Super Bowl-level team, but I think the Ravens are putting themselves in that conversation now, too. Ravens are like, hold up. We could be really good. Which is funny, because I don't love this Ravens team on paper, but I love Lamar. I think Lamar is taking a team that, without him, is about a 6-7 to seven win team, and with him... Maybe legit is a Super Bowl contender. He does have a great coach. I love love what John Harbaugh does um, with him, even though sometimes he does dumb stuff with, like, going for two or kicking a field goal or whatever. But overall, I think he works really well with Lamar. And Lamar looked like MVP Lamar, and I think he looked better than 2019 MVP Lamar. Um, he's gotten, I think over the last four years, he has improved so much in his passing game. It's insane. No one makes running back jokes really about Lamar anymore. That's all for Justin Fields now. Um, when you see those like YouTubers like T.D. Barrett that do like I made an entire NFL team of quarterbacks, what they used to do is they'd put Lamar's running back for the joke every time. Now it's Fields. That's the Fields joke. So Lamar, I think, is now just associated with being really good, which is good. So I do think there's a good chance he could be MVP this year. Um, when you look at MVP, I think Tua was um, – to me, the front runner, and uh, then Josh Allen, probably behind him. And based off the title of this video, we're going to talk about the Dolphins. But um, yeah, I think Lamar has a really good chance. I think you look at the team Lamar has. I'm not a huge fan of, we'll take him off this team and they're worse. But I, I do have to admit with Lamar, it does kind of stick out like a sore thumb. Like I don't, I think Zay Flowers is really good, but it's like OBJ is not killing it. Um, Nelson Aguilar is not like the, an amazing receiver. He's got Mark Andrews. He's got the second best tight end in the league, so that's good. Um, honestly, Laporta might be second best at this point. Laporta's so good. I, no, no, okay. Laporta's not the second best. Mark Andrews is better. i got to hold myself off from the Lions' love for a minute. But Lamar has been playing MVP caliber ball. If they win the AFC North, I think there's a really good chance he could be MVP. Uh, I did find an article on The Ringer the other day talking about how defensive coordinators are going to be all the new hirees and that teams are going to shift away. 
from hiring a lot of OCs because there was a big splurge of hiring OCs after Sean McVay, and you just hired everybody that ever worked with Sean McVay. That's how Shanahan got hired. That's how Mike Daniel got hired. That's how um, many other people that I all of a sudden cannot think of got hired. Um, I mean, uh, Green Bay's coach, Matt LaFleur. Yeah, Matt LaFleur, that's how he got hired. I'm sure there's more I'm not thinking of. Uh, that was like the thing you did. Well, now it's like D'Amico Ryan's D.C. doing really well. I think Jim Schwartz honestly should get a look for being a head coach for what he's done at the Browns defense. Hopefully he wants to stay in Cleveland. Um, maybe they move him up for Stefanski because I'm not the biggest Stefanski guy at the moment. But I'll talk about the Browns later. Um, I do think that article is kind of point to what I said at the beginning of the season, which is I think we're seeing the shift in the NFL. We've seen an offensively dominant league the last five years. Now we're going to shift to a more defensively dominant league. And, you know, that good defense is going to breed better offense. So over time, the offense is going to improve, and then we're going to be in an offensively dominant league because the offenses had to improve to be better than the defenses. Then the defenses improved to match the offense, and now we're back in a defensive dominant league. I think we are kind of seeing that because even though, like, Mahomes is – Everybody would agree Mahomes is still the best quarterback in the league. But he is having probably the worst season of his career. And no one's like, if if he had it in other seasons, I think there'd be a little bit of talk. But everybody is having worse seasons than usual, throwing more interceptions, getting sacked more, um, throwing for less yards. I think the defenses are just really improving, which you know makes me think if the Browns actually had a competent quarterback, they could be a really good team in the league. But they don't, so that's a shame. But um, you guys know i got to watch the Browns every Sunday now, so <laughs> I talk a lot about the Browns. Um, that's my Maybe my hope is like the – I think the, for the Panthers um, – <laughs> I'm holding off on Panther talk. We're doing Panther talk last, and then we're going into, into marquee matchups. i got to hold myself off. But um, the Ravens' defense I do like, if we're talking about a defensively dominant league. Um I like Patrick Queen a lot. I like Kyle Hamilton. I think there's some quality guys there. So, uh, Raquan Smith, he's good. So, I do want to say, let's talk about the Patriots. The Patriots got a huge win over the Dolphins. The Patriots did look significantly better. I do still think it would be in their best interest to draft a quarterback, but it would be the most Bill Belichick thing ever to somehow get this team to seven wins, even though I think – a decent amount of fans would just appreciate a good draft pick. And then he's got, like, the 13 pick. And he's going to take Quinn Ewers or something. That would be very interesting. But I will say they did look significantly better. It wasn't just, like, a random fluke win. They looked very different. And Mac Jones still didn't look the best, but the team overall looked better. He did have some completions, which is a big deal for Mac Jones. It's crazy. I was such a big Mac Jones guy, like, two years ago. And in the span of and that time is completely changed. Like everything is everything has changed for Mac Jones. I guess first year they made the playoffs feels like decades ago. I also want to talk out there talking about quarterbacks. I don't think Kenny Pickett's that bad. Um I had a Steelers fan point out to me that he has only lost one primetime game. I think he's five and one, he said, or six and one in primetime games. He always manages to leak a win out. I mean, he might, he doesn't, he's not, he's not like MVP caliber, 
like Big Ben was in the prime of his career. But he's good enough for what they're doing, and he doesn't even have a competent OC. So maybe if you get Matt Cannon out there, Pickett can be pretty good. I don't know if he's ever going to be a top-five quarterback, but maybe that's not what you need when you're the Steelers. You're known for the defense, and it looks like we're shifting to a defensively dominant league. You just need somebody that's pretty solid. I don't know. It's almost like he's like the Kirk Cousins of the Steelers, which I know, I know saying he's your Kirk Cousins is probably not a good thing, but there is something special about Kirk Cousins. I think everybody has to admit a lot of teams would like to have Kirk Cousins. A lot of Browns fans have told me they'd like to have Kirk Cousins. I think Kirk Cousins' Browns team would work. Uh, let's talk about who the Patriots beat, though. Title of this episode. Have we overhyped the Dolphins? They have yet to beat a team with a winning record. That's scary. Yes, they lead the league in t- points. Yes, they lead the league in rushing yards. Yes, they lead the league in passing yards. Statistically, they're crazy. We were talking about, and I say we as in like me and like everybody that watches football was hyping them up. There's only a couple people I know that were like, eh, I don't know. And I was like, you crazy? My dad and I will go out of our way to watch the Dolphins. Even if they were, like when they were beating the Panthers uh, 42 to 14, my dad was like, hey, turn that back on. I'm like, dad. Why do we have to watch a slaughter? He's like, I just like watching the Dolphins. It's like, it's not as fun when they're slaughtering my team. Because they're a fun team to watch. They get a lot of comparisons to the greatest team uh, on turf. The greatest show on turf. That's, what I, that's, like, that's the right word. Marshall Falk and that whole Rams team. But what I think is interesting is um, maybe they're not that good. Which is odd. I don't. I don't I don't know. It's just kind of weird. I mean, I was I just associated them with being one of the best teams in the league. I just immediately thought this team is super good. Look at them every week. Oh my gosh. But when I look at when they play teams that I consider to be good teams, all of a sudden that kind of fades away. It's really odd. Um so let's run through their whole schedule. So, first week of the year, they play the Chargers, barely win 36-34. We now know that the Chargers team is not an amazing team. Next week, they beat the Patriots 24-17. Only by a touchdown, they beat the Patriots that, um, since then, have won one game. Wait, why did I say the Dolphins lost the Patriots? What am I talking about? <laughs> so the Patriots beat the Bills. I don't know why I've been associating that with the Dolphins. It's because I was getting ready to talk about the Dolphins uh, losing games, but... Um, yeah, the Dolphins play the Patriots this week. That's where I got that confused. Okay. The, all, everything I said still applies. I just, for a moment, I don't know why I thought the Patriots played, the, uh, the Dolphins beat them. But the Patriots played them this Sunday, which is why I thought that. Okay. Everything I've said to this point still applies, except for the fact that the Patriots beat the Dolphins. Because the Patriots beat the Bills. And they did look significantly better in that win. That all still applies. I can't believe I messed that up. I just... You know, I woke up, showered, and started recording. I just wasn't on my A game. Um, so they beat the Patriots. Next week after that, they get their huge win. Everybody's like, whoa, 70-20 against an awful Broncos team. Then they play the Bills. Matchup of what should be the two best, two of the best teams in the league. Bills beat them by 28, 48-20. It's like, oh, maybe the Dolphins just had an off day. Show up to the Giants, who've been bad all year, 31-16. Show up to the Panthers, who have been terrible all year, 42-21. to Okay. So they play bad teams. They put up scores, right? Then they play the Eagles. And I'm like, okay. 
This should be a matchup between two of the best teams. It's pretty close the whole way. Third quarter, Eagles just pull away. It's over. I'm like, whoa. Did not expect that. And I still am not the highest on this Eagles team. But I have to admit, they look better than the Dolphins. So if I say the Dolphins are a Super Bowl caliber team, the Eagles have to be too. And I'm starting to think maybe the Eagles are and the Dolphins aren't because they're going to play the Patriots this week. I think there's a chance they lose. I'm going to be honest. They're going to play the Chiefs on Sunday Night Football two weeks from now. The Chiefs are going to take care of them. Like it, The Chiefs are going to like rock them. I don't think that defense for the Dolphins is anywhere near as good as it needs to be. And I think the offense struggles and they play a strong defense. I mean, the Patriots' defense, I would say, is decent. And that's, they didn't put up a crazy amount of points. Bill's defense, when they played them, was significantly better than it is now. So that's why they only put up 20. The Eagles have a good defense. They put up 17. So I don't know if the Chiefs' defense is going to hold them to under 20, but I guarantee the Chiefs can outscore them. Because, yeah, that's just weird. I, It's so odd. Because here's the rest of their schedule, though. So after the Chiefs, they play the Raiders, who they can beat, the Jets, who they can beat, the Commanders, who they can beat, the Titans, who they can beat, the Jets, who they can beat again, the Cowboys, they might lose to, Ravens, they'll probably lose to, and Bills, they'll lose to. So that's, if I they lose to the Chiefs, Cowboys, Ravens, and Bills. That's four more losses on the year. Let's say they beat the Patriots this Sunday. Four more losses on the year, that's going to be six losses. That's 11-6. and six. That's a playoff record. So I just want everybody to keep in mind when they hit the playoffs to um, not hype them up too much in their mind. Also, too, there's a chance Tyreek Hill is out Sunday, so I think they might lose the Patriots. So I just kind of want to put a public service out there. I think I am off the Dolphins hype train. Mike Daniel still a legend, but I am off the train. A lot of podcasts, they're going to talk about how great the Dolphins are. I'm, uh, I'm not going to be a part of it. Also, as far as banning the brotherly shove, formerly known as the Tush Push, I think it's a completely stupid idea because why are we discouraging teams from playing creatively and being unique? That doesn't make any sense to me. I like the fact that not all NFL teams play the same, so keep it going. All right, that's my piece on the Dolphins. I'm talking about good teams, AFC. Are we just back to square one? I think the Chiefs are just the best team in the league again. <laughs> I'm being serious. I'm like, like, okay, I think the Chiefs are just the best team. I watch football every week, pretty much from 1 o'clock on, all the way till about 11. I watch NFL football, and um, every week I'm kind of like, I think this Chiefs team is just the best team. I'm, I'm just being honest. I think we're I think we're back to that. Just crazy, but... I say we're in a defensively dominant league. It's not a defensively dominant team. But I think that offense is just so good because they have the best tight end, the best quarterback. They are able to match up against these really good defenses. To me, though, if I'm a team right now, I'm prioritizing defensive play and quarterback. I think we're seeing right now a certain team's quarterbacks elevating some receivers that you wouldn't associate with being elite and making them feel that way. I mean, C.J. Stroud, I don't think – Tank Dell and Mechie, um, Robert Woods were like crazy receivers, hidden talent. I mean, obviously Robert Woods isn't like killing it for them, but he's solid, right? I think C.J. Stroud just elevating them. I think his Texans team is so much fun to watch. I almost made Texans-Panthers marquee matchups, but I feel like I can't legally do that. I'm really excited for this Panthers game because I'm hoping coming out of the bye week we're going to switch some stuff up and um, 
it should be fun to watch C.J. Stroud because I like watching C.J. Stroud. And I really like Bryce Young. More and more I watch him, more and more I like him. Right now with the Panthers, my thought process is um, I just want – I kind of think Frank Reich's not the guy because I don't like the offense he runs for Bryce. I think we need much better receivers. And, um, yeah, that's all. That's my piece. Um, I think the fact that Adam Thielen is our best receiver shows you that we clearly don't have the best receivers. Terrence Marshall Jr. wants a trade. That's cool with me because I don't think he's killing it. So I probably should talk about the Lions. Also, I said I was going to save Panthers for last, and then I did it, but whatever. <laughs> it's all right. Who's, you, I mean, you can't stop me. This has already been recorded. This isn't a live podcast. and Even if you could stop me, like you called me or something, it's too late. It's already recorded. If you call me, you know, this is already up. If you're listening to this, I'm sorry. It's too late. Let's talk about the Lions. Uh, the Lions did lose, and they looked bad, like really bad. Um, it was really rough showing for the Detroit Lions. I guess if I'm going to say that I'm off the Dolphins hype train, should I be off the Lions one? They lose 38-6 to to the Ravens. I think it's one of those games. I think it's an off game. I think we have enough wins from the Falcons over teams that I would say are better than a lot of the teams that the um, Dolphins have beat. Because I would say, like, the Buccaneers, while not the best team, they're not an easy team either. And they took care of them 20-6. to Falcons aren't really an easy team. They can be frisky, and they won 20-6. to They barely beat the Chiefs 21-20, to but they looked really good in that game. They did lose the Seahawks, and I think that's interesting because the Seahawks team is consistently just an ankle-biter team. You hate facing them. They're pretty good. And um, the rest of their schedule, though, they play the Raiders, the Chargers, the Bears, the Packers, the Saints, the Bears, the Broncos, the Vikings, the Cowboys, the Vikings. I would say there's two teams in there that associate with being good. And that's a stretch. I don't even I'm not sure how good I really think this Chargers team is. So I'd say the Cowboys are pretty good, and they play them December thirtieth at eight fifteen. Is that Monday? Is that a Monday night? Um, it's either a Monday or a Sunday night. I think that'd be a Monday if it's eight fifteen. I don't know if December thirtieth is a Monday or what that is. Oh, it's a Saturday game. I just looked it up. Hmm, crazy. That'd be fun. Um, little winter break action, but. There's a chance the Lions have maybe four losses on the year. So they're going to win that division. And I'm still probably going to be high on them by playoff time. Which is a good team. I understand they got taken care of by the Ravens, but I still I still have faith. Let's look at the AFC North. So everybody in this uh, division has two losses except for the Bengals, who have three. Ravens are 5-2. and two. Steelers and Browns both have their bye weeks. They're both 4-2. and two, And the Bengals are 3-3. Three and three. This division's wide open. I do think... There's a real chance that everyone in this division has five has a 500 record or better, which I'm not sure if that's possible with the way like they have to all play each other twice. But I, I, there is a chance. They're all on a two-game win streak, which is crazy. Uh, definitely the best division, I think, in the league. And I feel like I can't bet against the Steelers having a, a 500 year. It just feels like they always do, and I'm not going to bet against Coach Tomlin. Uh, the Browns d- team got a weird win against the Colts. Uh, it was the first time in my life that the refs significantly won the Browns game. Um, usually it's the other way around, and they're always complaining about how the refs always screw over the Browns. Well, now we can forever have a game where the refs pretty much won the Browns game over the Colts. And then the Bengals might have a late-season surge. 
that's sometimes it's what they do. So we'll have to see what goes on with that. But the Ravens are the team I'm looking at in this division that I really like. I think there's a real chance we're seeing MVP Lamar, and that is very exciting. Anthony Richardson is now done for the year. It's a real shame. Uh, sorry to Genevieve. She had him as a starter on her fantasy team. I think this kind of ends the Colts' season. I do think Gardner Minshew can get some big wins, but the Texans and Jaguars are both better than this team now, and uh, I like what the Colts have going on with Anthony Richardson and Jonathan Taylor, but I think it's going to have to wait till next year. Texans and Jaguars are going to battle it out for winning this division. It would be so much fun if the Texans won this division. Um, the Jaguars are 5-2, and two, but I think it benefited by those London games. I'm not, I'm not high on this Jaguars team at all. Um, Every time they play some... Like, they got beat by the Texans, 37-17. to 17. Their Jaguar schedule is also pretty tough. They're going to play the Steelers this week. They could definitely lose that. They play the Niners after that. Definitely lose that. They'll probably beat the Titans. Then they play the Texans again. And I think they're probably going to lose. Then they play the Bengals. They could lose that. Browns, they could lose that. Uh, eh, I don't know. I'm not sure. Maybe they... they have a problem. I don't know. They could definitely lose it. Ravens, they could lose. Buccaneers, they'll win. Panthers, they'll win. Texans, I mean, Texans, Titans, they'll win. So that's four more wins, potentially five on the year. And uh, five wins would make them 10 and seven. So I do think it's a good enough record to win the division. But we'll have to see what goes on with the Jaguars. I think them and the Texans are about equal. I just vastly prefer... um, watching the Texans, which is a much more fun team. do want to toss in, if the Ravens go out and get Derrick Henry, then we start talking about Ravens Super Bowl. There's rumors they're going to do that. That would be crazy. And I know Derrick Henry is not as good as he used to be, but he's still very quality, and um, that'd be awesome. Also want to toss out for the Browns, I do think uh, Miles Garrett, along with the refs won in that game, Miles Garrett played maybe the best game of his career. And I think hopefully that game locks him up for Defensive Player of the Year because he's going to have the stats. The Browns are going to have a pretty good record. And um, he is going to have that game that makes everybody go, whoa. And that was that game. So good for Miles Garrett. Been pretty much one of, if not the best defensive player in the league for the last four to five years. And so now hopefully getting his flowers. It's crazy to me he's never won it when everyone knows he's incredible. So. All right. Um. Let's shift over to marquee matchups. I'm just sorry, I was looking over all my topics to make sure I got everything covered. Marquee matchups for this week. 1 p.m. I got Dolphins versus Patriots. Like I said, I do think there's a real chance this is a closer game than people are gonna give it credit for. I think a lot of people are gonna lose money on this game betting. Then we got Rams versus Cowboys. This can just be a fun game for Puka Nakua. I don't think the Cowboys corners are gonna be able to guard him as well. Um as well as they need to. And on top of that, uh, I think this Rams team's really fun to watch. I think Matt Stafford, still a really good quarterback that not a lot of people talk about. 4 p.m., Bengals, Niners. For obvious reasons, um, even with Brock out, this is still a quality team. If McCaffrey's playing and everything, Niners still have a very good chance to win. If the Bengals win, three straight losses for the Niners is a rough look. And um, that'd be really interesting. Primetime picks, Thursday night football. Tonight, we got Bills versus Bucks. Going to take the Bills here. I like this Bucks team. I would love to see Baker win, but I don't really want to bet on it. I think 
you don't see good teams lose back-to-back games a lot. It's just why it was so weird to me that the Niners did. Uh, because a lot of times they get pissed off that they lost. They know they're better than that, and they take care of business next time. So that's why I'm betting on the Bills to win, because they lost the Patriots on Sunday. Sunday night football, Chargers versus Bears. I honestly, okay, I honestly thought about taking the Bears here. I love Justin Herbert, but I do not trust Brandon Staley and the rest of this Chargers coaching staff. I think they should have just stuck with Anthony Lynn. He was great, and now he's killing it as the Niners OC, so that shows you. You know, two two great coaches that teams let go are now working for the Niners because we got Steve Wilkes who's working as the Niners DC, and we've got the OC Anthony Lynn, two coaches that should be head coaches, but now they get to work for the best run team in the league. So Bengals Niners uh, is going to be oh, it's not Bengals Niners. Sorry, I was talking about Chargers Bears somehow with that, but uh, the Bears quarterback, the Division Two. Uh, quarterback had a huge win first start of his career Tyson Badgett uh, got a big win and it would be pretty awesome if he went 2-0 but I I am I'm gonna take the Chargers I think hopefully I don't think that Bears defense is good enough to stop Herb Khalil Mack revenge game I mean he already had the revenge game with the Raiders but now I'm another revenge game we got Lions versus Raiders. Lions take care of business. They're mad they lost last week. Raiders aren't very good. Lions take care. All right, that's all for the NFL for this week. Let's talk a little bit about movies. I say movies, but I want to talk about video games first. Uh, Mario Wonder is incredible. I'm on World 2. It's the best 2D Mario, I think, of all time. Um, it's up there with Super Mario World and Mario Brothers, Super Mario Bros. 3. It's amazing, and I love it, and it's really good, and all the Wonder effects are awesome. I beat Spider-Man 2. Um, just going to talk about it. The first one is my favorite game of all time. Is this one better? I think the gameplay is better. I do. Um, I really like the story in this one, too. I do see some criticism because the first one felt more like a pure Spider-Man story. It's very um, New York Spider-Man. You're fighting the Sinister Six. It, it was very comic booky Spider-Man. This one was more crazy, like, 90s Spider-Man comics, like, pretty, like, crazy stuff. I mean, you're flying around the city with your web wings, and you do a web, and then you swing a web off a building, and then you do a backflip into a slingshot, and you do, you're doing crazy stuff all the time. Uh, I see a lot of people calling uh, Miles Goku with the way his electric powers are just crazy in this. Um... I do think they went more the crazy route, and um, that applies to the story too. Whereas the first one was a little more, um, I don't want to say Spider-Man-y, but it was it felt a little less like grand. But I think that was the thing is Insomniac with the gameplay said bigger is better, and then did the same thing with the story. So I think that's partially what went on here, which I get. Uh, I can't decide. I think I. It's weird for me to call the second one my favorite game ever when I... Th- I don't know, because I love both stories. I think the second one stories was really good. And um, I think the second one is my favorite game ever, because just the fact that you could play as Miles and Peter in the same game is amazing to me. I actually prefer playing as Miles. Um, it's funny, with the between Spider-Verse and the Spider-Man games, Miles is... I mean, I grew up 
with purely Peter Parker. Um, I didn't read a Miles comic book, I think, till 2016. Like, I knew of him. I read a, I read his first couple issues in, like, 2016 or 17. I remember being at one of my sister's volleyball tournaments, and I had Marvel Unlimited. Great, great service. I wonder if they still offer that. That was awesome. And uh, I found the old Miles comics, and I was reading those. And um, I remember being like, oh, this is pretty cool. And then when they announced into the Spider-Verse. I was like, oh, it's Miles. It's weird. We'll see what goes on. And then the movie was really good. I didn't like the first Spider-Verse as much as other people. I was like, yeah, it's really good, but it's like the third or fourth best Spider-Man movie in my opinion. You're talking to a guy who loves Spider-Man Homecoming and grew up on the Tobey Maguire movies. So Then I go see Across the Spider-Verse and um, I think it's the best Spider-Man movie ever made. I think it's probably the best superhero movie ever made. Uh, Across the Spider-Verse is amazing. And so between that and the Insomniac games, uh, uh, Peter and Miles are like equal in my opinion. And you say Spider-Man, the, either one can really be the like your favorite. I mean, it's not like, it's not just Peter anymore, which is cool. It's kind of like The Flash, except people don't really care that much. Whether Like comic book people care if it's Wally or Barry. But like the general public is like, Oh, it's oh, his name's Wally now. Okay. Whereas with Spider-Man, I think the general public knows Miles and Peter, and the general public knows their differences. Everybody associates Miles with like Uncle Aaron and the music, and Brooklyn, um, Brooklyn Visions Academy, and all and Genki and stuff like that. And I think Spider Gwen is on. Like Gwen Stacy is now like kind of more associated with Miles than she is Peter. Just funny, like MJ is like very much the Peter girl, and like Gwen is now essentially like a Miles centric character, which is interesting. The like the way Spider Verse has shifted the public's perception, and that's fine with me. I think it's I think it's a good thing. It's really cool to me to see this happen. It makes me think a lot about Batman Beyond, and um, you know, I got I got I've got a complete idea for a Batman Beyond animated trilogy. So if DC ever wants to hit me up, I've got I got big ideas, but. I just think, so let me talk about Spider-Man 2 and then I'll get into Across the Spider-Verse because I have more to say about that movie. I always have something to say about that movie. Um, I think Spider-Man 2 probably is my favorite game ever. Uh, you get to play, I don't, I, I, if somebody, if you don't want to hear a spoiler, you got to leave now because I'm going to say this real quick. So just like mute the video for like 10 seconds. You get to play as Venom for a section, which was awesome. Just want to toss it out there. That was really cool. But then you don't get, that was it. That was, it was like a little section. But the game's amazing. I think the story in the first one might be a little better. I don't know. They're both really good stories. So the fact that the stories are comparable, in my opinion, and then um, I think the gameplay in this one I preferred. I do like the gadgets more in the first one. But to me, uh, I like the fact the second one was a little different. I think they both have elements I like a lot, but I think the f- second one might be my favorite game ever. But they're, like, kind of tied. I don't know. I'll just say my favorite. People say my favorite game ever. I'll just say... The Marvel Spider-Man games. Because I also like the Miles Morales games. So it'll just be like, eh, it's like one big game to me. I don't know. But uh, over time, I'm sure I'll be able to tell. I'm probably going to 100% this one like I did the last one. Also, I love Craven. Craven, you asked me a Spider-Man villain like that I love to see. I love it when a story does Craven. I think Craven is awesome. I think he's super fun. I think he can lead to some of the most interesting Spider-Man stories. Um, to me, when I think top Spider-Man villains, I think Green Goblin, Doc Ock, uh, Venom, is still to me like a big Spider-Man villain, even though he's an anti-hero too. It's like um, he's still top tier, 
And then um, Craven is honestly up there for me for like top tier Spider-Man villains. Honestly, Sandman is like close for me. I really like Sandman. Like, I think Sandman is really cool. It's funny to me that like Electro has gotten so much play in the movies because like Electro is not like a top tier Spider-Man villain. He's like, I mean, like he's not as low as like Shocker. Like Shocker is like the go-to. Um, we need a, we need somebody to like fight him on like a little side plot. Shocker, he's your man. Hammerhead tombstone those guys but um oh kingpin is also like top tier spider-man so i'd say it's like top tier spider-man would be like kingpin green goblin doc ock venom and honestly for me i'm saying like i really like craven and i think mysterio is up like getting close for me i love mysterio too um to me carnage i associate carnage more with venom as a villain but carnage would be like a tier below those guys. Um, definitely the best villain. I think the thing everybody that reads comics or watches superhero media can't agree on is that Batman and Spider-Man have the two best sets of villains. If you say Batman over Spider-Man, I probably agree. I think Batman does have the best. But Spider-Man is not that far behind. Spider-Man's villains are pretty great. Um, the Lizard also is a good Spider-Man villain. I like the Lizard too. He's not as good as like the top tier, but he's still good. Thing is about Craven so cool is like he's literally just like a like he's got sometimes he has a little bit of powers but like for the most part he doesn't have crazy powers and um he's still super interesting also like Craven's last hunt is like one of the most iconic Spider-Man stories so to me Venom is kind of honestly like Spider-Man's Bane a little bit where it's like his thing is like he just hates him just kind of like how Bane is except Bane doesn't have like an anti-hero thing like no one's like let me go read the Bane solo comics. Do those exist? Probably not. I don't know. It's so funny to me. Like, Venom is, like, super popular. Like, super-duper popular. Um, I'm not a huge Venom guy. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's just me. Like, maybe there needs to be some interpretation that I really rock with. But I don't have one. Insomniac's next game is going to be Wolverine game. I can't wait for that. It's going to be awesome. I'll probably love that, too. So... All right, let's shift over to one last thing before I go. Uh, the image for this section has been Across the Spider-Verse because I watched that movie last night, and um, it's coming on Netflix. It's going to be on Netflix um, starting Halloween night. So um, my mother still hasn't seen this movie. I think she should watch it. Um, if she wants to wait for me to watch it, we can watch it around Thanksgiving. That's cool. But um, she needs to watch this movie. It's incredible. Uh, I do think it's the best superhero movie of all time. Rewatched it last night. It was funny because I was watching it, and it was like, oh, man, this is so good. I'm like, I'm only like 30 minutes into it. A lot's happened. Paused it. I was an hour into it. And I'm being genuine. Like, this actually happened. And I was like, whoa, it's been an hour? Like, it, it just felt like it, it moves so well. And the whole idea of, like, a spider society that travels across dimensions and has to, that's just genius. It's, it's genius. And the way they implement that of Miles' story it is one of the most creative movies, I think, ever. Like, as far as superhero movies, I, I don't think there's anything more creative. And when I think the best, like, in like 40 years, when people look back and they're like, what were the best superhero movies of this, you know, from Iron Man to Avengers, uh, I don't want to say Endgame because 
uh, that would cross out a Spider Verse. Let's say like if we look back in twenty fifty at the twenty ten to twenty twenty five range. What were the best superhero movies? Think people are gonna be talking about the Spider Verse movies, the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, Infinity War and Endgame. And maybe like No Way Home? Homecoming? Like I really like Captain America Winter Soldier. It doesn't get a lot of play anymore. People don't really care that much. You know, I think it's really fun. I mean Guardians of the Galaxy, I think, is the MCU's best thing they did. Like a lot of people anymore at the MCU are just like, if it's not Spider Man, I don't really care. It's crazy, but it's true. The amount of good Spider-Man content out there is crazy right now. Um, I feel like there's a lot of good Batman stuff out there in the late 2000s, early 2010s. And now we've shifted to just insane, insanely good Spider-Man stuff. So last thing, touch on uh, the new season of Invincible is going to be out in like a week. Well, it's going to be starting in a week. I think it's an episode every week. So I'll be watching that, and I cannot wait. Um... I might have to rewatch season one of Invincible in preparation because um, as I actually messed up with the Sword of Sporties last year. That was I should have said Invincible is the best show I watched in uh, 2022. The best show of 2022 was Stranger Things season four, but the, I, Invincible season one is better than Stranger Things season four. And I completely forgot that I watched Invincible that year. I thought I watched it in 2021 and I hadn't. So, um, whoops. Invincible is a very good chance to be the best show of 2023, though. Both overall and just what I watched. Um, so, I love Invincible. Invincible's great. I actually like Invincible more than The Boys. And um, I like Peacemaker more than The Boys. I really like The Boys, but I, I actually like Peacemaker and Invincible both better. So. All right. Across Spider-Verse, I'm being serious. When it goes on Netflix, anybody who listens to this should watch it. Even if you don't watch Into the Spider-Verse, you got to watch Across. Um, I think it's obviously better if you watch Into before. But Across Spider-Verse is, like, the best superhero movie ever made. So, it's pretty awesome. And the fact that The Spot is now an iconic super uh, superhero villain is crazy. And um, probably once the trilogy's over, he's going to be one of the top-tier Spider-Man villains. So, all right. See you all in the next one. That's it.